What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today is Op-Ed Friday. I'm here with my co-host of Barbara Allen and our friend and colleague from Be The Change, Anthony Russo. Today, we're going to be talking about some interesting topics in the news, <laughs> some crazy, some good. And uh, Barbara's going to kick it off for us. Look, it seems like every week, I don't know if you caught our interview with Bobby Sausalito when I was asking him. Bobby Sausalito is hilarious political commentary he does. And, uh, you know, he was even reflecting like, look, some comedians have to really research and work hard to find their material. He's like, I can't keep up with the material fast enough. He's like, life creates the material for me. Right. And on that note, um, we're just going to address some of the most ridiculous stories of this week and kind of call out the, the absurdity in those. But never fear, we're not going to leave it there. We're going to swing right into the good news and uh, reminders of the true heartbeat of America versus what is portrayed in the media and probably why half the world thinks that we're all a bunch of fucking psychos. Real America. <laughs> Real America. <laughs> really. So we figure if we call out the absurdity and mock it a little while not mocking serious situations, maybe everyone will know like... Not all of America is like that, right? So first on the list, and you guys pop in whenever you want, Cuomo is out there. You can't get away from Cuomo. We live in New York, Dave and I, so you know we especially can't get away from him, like literally right now, but um, he's everywhere in the news. And most recent allegations, or one of his aides came forward and said that he asked her to play strip poker on a flight with him. She was very uncomfortable. He kissed her without her consent and freaked her out, and he's touching her, grabbing her, sending her inappropriate messages. Where's the Me Too movement? Where's anyone? Where's the media? I'm, I'm just happy that finally he, he's not discriminating based on age because he's destroying old people and young people now alike. So, yeah, he's, he's, you know, like his <laughs> his sword is mighty. Right. He is. He doesn't discriminate. That's what she said. <laughs> Gross. You know, this does go back a little bit to to the one thing that all summer we stopped talking about once, which was Nipplegate. Are we forgetting Nipplegate with Cuomo? We've talked about in the last couple of weeks how he's, you know, killed old people, which is should be considered murder punishable by a lot of different offenses. It's not just a cover up. He specifically made a decision that ended old people's lives. And now we're seeing this which makes more sense to the whole nipple barbell thing. You guys, I'm sure you remember this, right? Refresh me. There's so much. Oh man, he showed up. This was like early, yeah, early stages of COVID. He showed up wearing just like a, uh, uh, like a golf polo to a press briefing when he started, you know, his daily press briefings thinking he was a president and he had nipple barbells that were showing through his shirt. And it was, everybody was like, dude, come on. Does he really? Now it makes a lot of sense. He's the dude. He's the dude from the TV show Billions. He's uh, he's uh, that one character. He probably has these weird sexual fetishes. I don't know. But like all these things he's asking. So he's kind of a freak. And I think the barbells probably gave that away. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. And this, and, well, <laughs> this isn't this isn't the first instance of this either. Like he had another. I can't remember who she was, but it was just over the last month or so there was another accusation made against him about sexual harassment um so this is kind of dogging him and following him and right so why you don't want to it's make not a light good month it? for An- no. andrew cuomo <laughs> andy is not having a good month 
Um, yeah. But, you know, you don't want to make fun of it. But sometimes, like, and anyone who knows me knows that, like, the more absurd and inappropriate the situation, the more I have to make fun of it. It's like my coping mechanism when things are are too shocking or horrible. Like, I have to find the humor in it somewhere. But really, like, where AOC, Hillary, Gillibrand, where are these women who, you know, took out um, Kavanaugh and they they wanted to destroy him because some chick said at a party 20 years ago, she couldn't remember. She thinks something happened. 36 years ago. Right, right. So she thinks something happened at a college party. She thinks it might have been him and they annihilated him, right? Um, and so now where are they? Like, so that's a, that's one that story. That story was corrected, by the way. Nobody, nobody even played that. The Kavanaugh stuff, yeah. she, two, two guys came forward, said, I know what she's talking about. It wasn't as bad as she remembers, but it was probably me. And that never made mainstream right. news at all because it was, it, he had already been confirmed at that point. It was no big deal. But for his own character, I think that should have been should have come out. But yeah, it's. Yeah. So yeah. and the hypocrisy runs just across the board. I mean, the same thing with, you know, our our vice president who said that she believed Biden's accusers and then all of a sudden she'll accept the nomination because. She believed Biden's accusers yeah. and she well, she called just, him out for oppressing her. She was the girl that had a ride yeah. on the bus that Biden called for segregated schools. But now Joe is like the greatest man on earth. Right. So she she's she knew why she accepted it. She's got yeah. and this I'm calling this right now. What's the date? The 25th of oh, February. She's president soon. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Three months max. Uh, watching watching Biden talk. It's not a joke no. and it's not funny. It's sad. Yeah. He's I mean, it's it's all part of. A, a much bigger plan for yes. her. And she's, she's going to be the yeah. first female president by uh, March, April, May, May well, 25th. Is even on guess. that note, Lindsey Graham just did an interview with Newsmax and he basically said on video that he doesn't think Biden's in charge. You know, so there you go. It's They're just a matter signing of papers away, apparently to Pelosi in Congress. They're trying to get all the nuclear codes, all, all decision-making is now trying to go to Congress Based on every piece of paperwork I saw, I'm not a big Alex Jones fan at all. I think he pushes the envelope too far, but everything that's coming through is showing that they are trying to change the balance of power in terms of warfare. Yeah. That came out late last night. Well, Biden is a placeholder, but we got to move on from Cuomo. Yeah. And but actually, we're back at Biden. Yeah. For Hopefully, a Cuomo will be a placeholder for a little bit longer, too. And <laughs> someone else will take his place. Lee Zeldin. I think it's going to be Lee Zeldin. Um, but uh, the next story that we're going to get into, well, we talk about COVID, you know, masks might be now running into 2022, Fauci says um, most recently. And just when people are beginning to think like it, here in New York, we're getting our first little taste of spring. We're about to celebrate the first year anniversary of 14 days to stop the spread. Right. Um, and it is like everybody's hopeful that you want to get outside. You want to start over. And now they're saying put two masks on and. Even if you have a mask, even if you have a vaccine, you still can't do X, Y, and Z. And we don't know if the vaccine is going to be good for a year or three years or how long it's going to No one knows anything, right? And so what we're hearing, I don't know if you're feeling it, Anthony, is frustration. And all the uncertainty and confusion is really messing with people's morale. Like, it's frustration yeah. or it's believing every word that comes out of their mouths. I was, I went to get Chinese food last night 
And it's a really nice big Chinese restaurant and it's closed except for takeout. And the woman that was running it, she comes to the front and she's wearing double masks. And I go, why is your dining? Because in Texas, we don't need to have our dining room closed. And I'm like, are you guys going to open up pretty soon? And she's like, soon, soon. I'm like, like kind of hinted to when. And she goes, once everyone gets the vaccine. And I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously. So like your point, you're either your morale is either really low or people are eating like spoon feeding all of it. Uh, Joe, my buddy that you met last night, he's got a, we've got a good mutual friend that is, that is a super uber intelligent person that has still absolutely freaked out about everything COVID and he's in big into investments and stuff like that. And he literally won't leave us. I mean, he's, he's freaking out. So it's either morale is low or you think the world is ending. Yeah. Yeah. But we have nine more years till the world's going to end if you listen to Carrie, right? So what's everyone worrying about? Like, <laughs> let's party it up for nine, nine more years. Uh, but I think the one that kind of tops the charts this year, because we're all, we're used to Cuomo, we're used to COVID. Like, so wow, that's absurd. We have to pay attention and like keep up on that. Um, the whole, the whole um, push to combat racism with racism is really escalating. And at first it seemed like almost like a, like a joke, like, oh, this could, this could never pop. I'm not going to even worry about this because it's so absurd. It'll never take root and it'll never happen. But now we're getting more and more stories about school-age children being told to pick where they are on the chart in the, in terms of how much they oppress everybody else who's not white and to apologize for their white privilege and coming home from school, crying to their parents because they feel so bad. Now we have big industries. Coca-Cola takes the award this week telling people to, you know, to be less white. And I, I'm not sure, I can't imagine, like, what is their goal? Like, were they serious? Or did they do this to get their name in the news? Like, no They, they doubled down on it. Huh? It, they doubled down on it. They got called on it, and they said, this is our belief. They are, they are, you, you need sound effects for this show. You need, like, the Olympic, like, thing. And, like, this week's Woke Olympics winner is is 100% Coca-Cola. Maybe so, but well, I, we saw a video earlier on Instagram where the guy was uh, Woke-a-Cola. Woke-a-Cola. Yeah, Woke-a-Cola. Right. Yeah, but basically they got slammed for this diversity training. And uh, they're pushing back saying that it wasn't mandatory. But um, if they're defending themselves, it sounds like they were kind of pushing this through the, the ranks and- at Coca-Cola. Anything not mandatory at a, at a corporation, anybody that's worked for corporations knows that not mandatory means mandatory. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you don't have to come. Right. How do you feel about, how right. do you feel about that promotion? Like, yeah. it, it, yeah. like it's, it's on your record, whether or not you go to these things. So not mandatory is still mandatory. Yeah. I was talking right. to Barb before we, we got on this. It's like, they're teaching people to be less, less white and they're making it about race. So why not like change the script? I mean, diversity training is fine, but why do, why do you have to include white? Why do you have to include race in it? Because some of their things that they have on their on their uh, the chart that they showed to their employees was be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble, listen, believe, you know, break with apathy, break with uh, solidarity, like. Those don't have to be a racist issue. Like, what about just loving thy neighbor? Like, treating people with respect, treating people how you want to be treated. Why don't they teach things like that and leave race out of it? Like, love, unity, respect, kindness, positivity. None of that stuff has anything to do with race. And if we keep making it about race, 
Those who those who always make everything about race are the ones who are really racist, right? So leave race out of it and just talk about love and unity and leave it at that. Everything in this country has become race. That's that's the the wokeness society that we're in, and it's it's not just Coca Cola. It's and and people I think forget about percentages of demographics and how much black people make up. I believe thirteen ish percent of the United States of America. So if you look at it, people go, oh my God, look at how white that office is or whatever it might be. There's there's only like three black people that work there. And you go, well, how many people are there? And somebody goes, well, 20 people work. Mathematically, you're about, you're starting to get a little bit spot on. That's actually spot on with demographics. You're not, this isn't somebody being racist. There's a company that I used to, uh, used to be my client for my previous business that I was talking to some of the people working there. It's not a huge company. They've got under hundred people working there and they are hundred management level people working there. And they just made a, a thing where in the next calendar year, they're hiring 45 management and they all have to be people of color. And it's like, so now, and they already had a decent amount. So now you're, you're, you're manage, And in, in these phone calls, this is true fact in these phone calls, they say, when we make these hires, make it people that interview well, they do not need to be qualified. We can teach qualifications. So they are strictly hiring based on race in order to fill what is this modern day woke quota. And, and it's got nothing to do with merit at this point. And then in the end you go, oh, great. Look, the workforce is 50% black, 50% white. That doesn't go with the mathematics of this country. That doesn't go with the demographics and people don't understand that. And like AOC, AOC just said a couple of days ago, facts don't really matter as much as long as you're doing the right thing. <laughs> uh, we should make that a new t-shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that before. Like yeah. The demographics of the country, it's like 67% Caucasian. I think it's 17% Hispanic and, you know, Latin. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like you said, 14 to 16%, you know, black. And so, you know, there's, there isn't going to be any equality because it's, the numbers are skewed. It's just, we're, you know, and, and so they, they just use that and you can't have affirmative action or anything like that. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So to me, it feels like they're taking a situation that when it's legit and genuine is a serious situation and deserves, but they're watering it down and they're, you know, like the whole boy who cried wolf thing. I think they're desensitizing people to true racism while teaching a whole new brand of racism. Like it's, it's, it's absurd. So Coca-Cola, you win the award of the week. We need some excellent sound effect to go with that. Do do you (laughs) think it's dangerous? Do you think, do you think what they're doing? I mean, on top of it, because I, I think there's a long play that's super dangerous that, that, that what, what's happening, it's a pendulum. And I just think the, the end game is incredibly dangerous because what you're doing, people, people are talking about how racism and systematic racism is still prevalent in this country. And I don't disagree. I think there's still some issues involving that. I, and that's humanity. There's people from small rural commun- communities that will never change. But what's happening right now is I'm seeing large numbers of people that are buying into the wokeness. And then there's another side of people that are like you and I that are just thinking and like, okay, this is getting silly. And then there's the people that are against this, that were starting to come along. Like the people that probably their, their fathers and mothers probably use the N word. And then they're like, no, I'm becoming better. I'm becoming better. And then they're like, oh, I know now what my parents are talking about. So I think there's different shades of of humanity. And I think there's a shade now that's becoming very, very racist again, to the point where racism is now growing in that small subsect and it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the end game is another power, like 
dangerous, not powerful. I don't want to use that word, but dangerous KKK. Like we're, we're, we're spawning hate by the way that we are just throwing race in people's face again. It's a good point. It's dangerous. Yeah. And it seems like a coordinated effort to do so for some greater plan that will be revealed in time. Right. So in our mind, you know, once again, we are powerless to do things and calling attention to the ridiculousness of this and, and the schools that are pushing forth the outrageous curriculum and sending kids home in tears and creating rifts and all that. Like those parents are the ones that are like on the front lines and they're addressing those, right? They're not sitting back and letting that slide. But for the rest of us, um, I think the best way we can combat it is to call it out, note the absurdity of it, you know, make sure we don't buy into it. Stay true to who you are, your path and focus on what's in front of you and the things you can impact and the things you can change. Like, like you're doing with your new work, like we're doing with ours and the people we saw, Dave's got the stories on people who took, you know, who saw a problem and stepped forward and resolved it. They didn't stop to ask if somebody was Democrat or Republican. They didn't care about what color the person was who was in trouble. So Dave, why don't you take us away into the good news stories? The good news stories. Wow. You put me on the spot there. True of the true heartbeat of Americans and Anthony actually, well, while Dave's getting out of the spot, I just put him in Anthony, why don't you talk about, um, you were telling us before we started recording, because we're going to call out hypocrisy on one side, we'll call it out where we see it, whatever, uh, that yeah. there was a misrepresenting of, of something in Texas. Yeah. And we we have, I mean, in the world of viral news. So yeah. one person sees something and they get really excited. So obviously we, we do lean on the conservative side, but you have to call it out. There was a post that somebody sent me and I thank him for sending it because he's like, hey, what do you think about this? And then I started realizing how much it had been shared. And it was about... Biden coming to Texas uh, and only granting the the state of Texas was asking Abbott was asking for all of our counties to have emergency assistance and relief and be called a you know state of emergency. And Biden only did it to originally 77 counties. And the meme, which meme is just one gigantic inflammatory headline if it's not accurate. Um, sometimes they are accurate, but not this one. And it said he predominantly, chose the Democrat counties that voted blue were the ones that got funding. First off, all the ones that were major blue, the major cities were the ones that were affected the most by the power grid being out and by lack of water, like all that. So they needed it. Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, they needed the emergency assistance probably more than most. They had the least amount of power uh, left. So that's understandable. But out of those 77, it still had a high percentage of Republican counties. And just because most of the major cities were covered, it was a it wasn't a tone. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a lean. It was a straight spin of the facts. And it was untruthful. And it was going around Instagram and Facebook like crazy. And people were like, look at this. It's horrible. There's plenty that we could pick apart with Joe Biden. Right. That's not one of them. <laughs> That's fake news. <laughs> yeah. And so. you got to stay true to it, right? Like getting pulled yeah. over for rolling a stop sign. You didn't roll, but you just did 90 and 55 and didn't get caught. Like catch me for the thing that I did, not for the right. thing I didn't do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. So that's some of the crazy, negative, nutty news. So we'll talk about some good news. We have a couple stories that we shared this week. Uh, on our Facebook page uh, specifically. But one that I thought was super cool was the 29-year-old cancer survivor who is basically set to be the youngest American ever in space. Uh, her name is Haley. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, Akrino, uh, who uh, she was 10 years old when she learned she had uh, cancer. 
Um, but now she's going to be the young, not only the youngest Amer American, but the first uh, pediatric cancer survivor and the first ever person with a prosthesis to journey to space. So this is a super cool, a landmark accomplishment for this young woman. And you know, these are the these are the stories that we love to share because I don't think this this lady is uh, focused on Coca Cola or the woke movement or cancel culture. She's focused on her own goals and her own mission and her uh, own success. And this is an inspiring story that we can all use uh, and should share and and spread. Um, another story we uh, heard this week was I think Anthony you mentioned it before too. Um, the, the veteran who uh, used the butt of his shotgun to kill a home, a home intruder who was about to attack his wife. Uh, the guy was 79 years old from South Carolina, and the home intruder tried to get through the back door and attack his, uh, his wife, and he beat this guy down with his uh, butt of his shotgun which is pretty cool. I'm glad he didn't actually shoot the guy, but I probably would have. <laughs> He's a Vietnam War veteran. I mean, you don't, you do not fuck with those people. Yeah. Like, nope. and you don't come into their home and attack what is most precious to them. Right. Just don't, it's not a good idea. No, it's a bad look. It's, it's a bad look. You're not going to have a good day. It's not going to end well. They're not going to bow to you. What you got next, Dave Brown? I think that's it. I got, I got a good one. Okay, I just found one while we were looking. So, I, you know, being from Texas, I was trying to find some more good cold weather stories. Not just the one that Barb found that, you know, Dave ignored. We'll, 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 we'll get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's a the uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> Grocery delivery driver gets stuck in couple's yard after a Texas snowstorm. So they ended up letting her stay for a week. It's actually a pretty cool story. Uh, the delivery driver's name is Chelsea Timmons. She was making her last delivery for the day. Uh, and then she ended up getting stuck at their house when they were, she was making the delivery. Uh, Doug Condon and Nina Richardson, it was their home. She made it into the driveway and then the outdoor conditions pulled her, uh, pulled her into the couple's flower bed. So she skidded off and then ended up getting stuck. Uh, the actual family came to help her and they couldn't get her RAV4 out of the flower bed. So they invited her to come inside. She ended up staying for five days. Uh, they ended up becoming their house guest. She stayed in the guest room. Uh, she's an aspiring bakery owner and made them a coconut cake. They became really good friends, and uh, it's pretty fun. She ended up cuddling with the uh, two dogs that the couple owned. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. See, so people love... helping people. Yes, and and you know that's the true heartbeat of Americans. Um, if someone sees somebody in trouble. You're going to help them out. You're not going to like stop and pause. I towed a guy out of a ditch last week. I didn't know him. I didn't ask who was Republican or Democrat. He didn't give a shit what I was. He just wanted to get the hell out of the ditch, right? Um, so, you know, when you're in the trenches, like you really don't care. Our friends, um, Cassandra, um, Mel Melgar, say Debaca, they had the longest names, and Alba, they live in Texas there, and they just posted Central Texas veterans and their partners are serving meals. Um, starting now in February for at least five days. And they've been posting relentlessly that they're working together. Gary Sinise Foundation jumped in to help and support and provide meals. And they've served over 2,000 hot meals to first responders in Austin through the Serving Heroes Initiative. And now they're expanding it to other people, I believe, if you you know, if you know if just need a hot meal. So yeah. um, that's I've, really awesome. Operation I talked about that last week. It was uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and Matthew McConaughey also delivered over 1,000 meals 
uh, to homeless people in Texas who are suffering through the cold. So good stuff. So we love to see those things. And a lot of times people can feel like frustrated and helpless. Like the problems are so big. Like, what can I possibly do? I can't be anyone. My friend, uh, Linda Romer, she's got a horse rescue she's been doing for 26 years. She came out with this quote when I interviewed her, and it's one of my favorite quotes. I keep using Mm. it. And that's what I'm personally going to wrap up my part of this interview with. Um, You know, she said, we can't all save the world, but we can all tidy up our own corner of it, right? Um, And so I love that. I love sharing stories of people who are doing that by putting, you know, their own elbow grease into something, whether it's donating money or time or support. There's so many, many, many ways we can all do that and have an impact on people and we can outshine all the negativity and all the things that we don't have power over directly by that. And I'm proud to be a part of that. And Anthony, I'm so glad we get to know you and work with you and do that too. And with that, that's the last bit of my wisdom I will add to this week's episode. Awesome. Anthony, you have anything uh, you want to end on? Yeah, I get the same note. And it's something, as you probably can tell, I don't get uh, lost for words very often, but there was something about a month ago, I was having a conversation, it falls under the same category where I was like, the vitriol, the every escalating everything, things are horrible right now. And this person stopped me and they said, have you like gone out and like done something in a while? Like you've been to a grocery store and I'm like, what's your point? And they're like, look around, nobody cares about politics unless you're on Facebook behind your keyboard. Correct. Go out there, be nice to people and realize that nobody out there is wearing a Republican or a Democrat pin And really, a lot of this anger and frustration is behind a keyboard. And if it gets to be too much in those conversations, walk away for a bit. Just walk away. And all that, Anthony, is so amplified right now because of COVID, right? That, you know, we're we're not supposed to do this. We're not supposed to do that. We, you know, we have to wear masks. We can't, we shouldn't talk to people. We should be social distancing. Barb brought up a good question. Who who freaking invented the phrase social distancing? Like, you know, the last thing I think this country needs right now is to be socially distanced. Like, to your point, go talk to your neighbors, like yeah. treat people with respect, hold the door open for somebody, say thank you, like let yeah. someone know that you appreciate them on a daily basis, like simple things like that, you know? If you've got a presidential thing in front of your house, whether it's Biden or Trump, take it down for now. Let's just, let's go back to being, there's nothing we can change in this moment. Just go be decent to human beings again. Right. Simple as that. Right. And I think, you know, through all this, most of America are, you know, we're moderate people, we treat with people with respect and dignity. We get caught up in all this, all these emotions on Facebook and politics and everything else. Well, we just need to be, we need to dial things back, get back to our core, be real, be sensible, let truth and common sense and freedom kind of lead everyone. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna end with uh, one of our favorite people out there in the world, Mike Rowe. If you don't know who Mike Rowe is, he's uh the guy who I think it was Discovery, he had Dirty Jobs, which was a hit TV show. He's active on Fox News in terms of being a collaborator. And he also had a, a really popular show on Facebook called Returning the Favor. But he's someone who really keeps it real. And what he talked about this week was basically how the Biden administration is sort of turning its back on fossil fuels. And the fact that America can't really do that right now, like green energy is a good thing, but there needs to be a transition uh, with that. So we, we just can't end and shame, shame people because they support fossil fuel or they rely on fossil fuel. It's a reliable source of energy. And this is something that Texas went through just recently because of the cold snap. Um, and basically his quote is, we're connected in ways that we don't seem to really understand uh, visa our energy. And as much as we like to simply say these guys are good and these guys are bad, 
it's all a trap, right? We got to utilize fossil fuel and we got to utilize and start integrating into clean, clean energy as well. So I'm going to leave you with a quote direct from, or actually a video clip, audio clip from Mike Rowe uh, when he was on Fox and Friends. Uh, he, he hit it home and I think I'll, it'll be a good way to end this uh, op-ed Friday. So enjoy, appreciate everyone being here. Thanks, Anthony, for joining us. Barb, thanks. Dave, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, lastly, uh, don't forget, yesterday we published a brand new uh, interview we've had um, with Robert O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden. This is the second time we've had him on the show. He's such a, just a great, solid dude, and he's doing a lot of cool things. So go back to yesterday's- Plus he's hilarious. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's just super funny. Go back to yesterday's episode. Check out that. Uh, episode that we did with Rob O'Neill and make sure you check out the original one we did. I think it was like a year and a half ago. So appreciate you guys being here today. We will see you soon. Peace out. Energy is a complicated challenge and it's convenient, especially if you're predisposed to believe the world's going to come to an end in nine or 12 years or whatever the latest estimate <laughs> is. It's convenient to put a black hat on fossil fuels, but it it's, we just can't do it. We can't make energy the enemy for a lot of reasons. But look, there's no bigger investor in alternative energy than oil and natural gas. So it kind of starts with that. You know, it's like shooting rats in the bottom of your boat with it with a shotgun. You'll hit them, but you're going to blow a hole in the boat and the whole thing's going to go down. So we're connected in ways that we don't seem to really understand vis-a-vis -vis our energy. And as much as we'd like to simply say these guys are good and these guys are bad, it's a trap. Yeah.